0: itself gives up contagion to this
1: world i'm not crazy now easy baton just relax I- i'm a doctor
0: hello everyone and
1: hello from the other side to you johanna and hello from the other side to you linnea i'm linnea and you are i'm johanna are you sure though yes
0: since 1995. Five a Five, baby. <laughs> uh, when I first when I made my first business card it says Linnea Asperger since 1992.
1: Oh, that's nice. I was like nobody has this and then I was like everyone else <laughs> <has> this? <laughs> established in 1992. Oh yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. I
0: went, I was probably ma- no, I was ma- no, I was made No, I was made
1: it I was created in 1991. And I was created in 1994 so Yeah. I so guess we got I don't that going know how that works
0: when <laughs> when you're supposed to write your origins and stuff yeah when were you established i mean i don't think i need to like decide until it's time to write my like memoir
1: true yeah true um so today we have one of my weekly dog visits Which you can probably hear by the fact that he's chewing on a bone in the hallway at the moment.
0: He's enjoying it, though. He's very, very happy.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And he was whining a lot because we wouldn't give him our full attention, so this was the only option. The
0: thing is that we did give him our full attention, but that wasn't enough. True, true. So you have to put something in his mouth. Yeah. And now we get that background sound that's sounding a bit nasty.
1: yeah. Yeah, at least this is not a cannibal episode, because <laughs> then the sound <laughs> bites would have been on point. So we took a little pause there, traded the bone for a ball, and uh, now we still have noise from pause and bouncing, but at least it's not chewing. It's so. not moist sound. It's not a moist sound any longer. Yeah, and uh, hopefully you'll chill down soon um but yeah this is just did you just fucking eat dude sorry about that guys
0: (laughs) so that was our our second interlude that's my
1: life um let's just get to what we're doing today how are you doing today linnea i'm doing good yeah
0: (laughs) yes i i'm doing good and what it's it's wednesday no it's not it's thursday it's to thursday i was (laughs) yeah uh stuff is happening in my life i'm doing stuff i'm not doing stuff Uh, i'm living i'm tired i know you
1: got a lot on your plate
0: yeah i have very very filled weeks i have very little
1: downtime at the moment why don't you tell us what you what you do for a living (laughs) plug your stuff uh i draw stuff Mm -hmm.
0: and then i get paid for it by by the way we got a shout out our fabulous friend jane in the states who is my employer Uh, she's also my boss i think she's my employer she employs me yeah overseas and she gave us an amazing plug which Gave us so many listens and new far- followers, new farts, so, new farts. No, farts. no <laughs> it was incredible. We, yes, thank was you, you, Jane. We were sweet. so
1: happy. Yes, it um, was very
0: kind. Um, but yeah, uh, so I draw pin designs for her, Disney pin designs. Yeah, yeah. You can find her over at uh, Demon Fancy Inc on Instagram instagram
1: Mm -hmm. uh
0: she's one of our followers so you can also (laughs) find her that way but yes that was really sweet of her
1: and it helped us a lot yeah and she's got really dope pins Mm -hmm. um and you're one of the people who draw the pins draws the pins Mm -hmm. for at the moment i'm the only person oh really yeah cool well
0: yeah so yeah uh so i do that and that takes me it's like that can be up to 35 hours a week
1: yeah
0: um and then uh, studying to become a user interface designer yeah uh and i'm doing the pod and i'm also searching for an apartment
1: and selling the one you are yeah living in at the same time and i also eat and i also poop mm.
0: do you sleep though i do sleep sort of mm. yeah and i wash my clothes you know yeah, yeah and stuff like that yeah I, I, lo- I
1: don't have that much stuff to do but i still don't wash my clothes or my body yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: this was you showered for the first well you washed your hair for the first time in three weeks today
1: yeah i did because last time when we were recording which was exactly a week ago uh i told you in confidence i i haven't washed my hair since my birthday and my birthday was two weeks ago and then i realized right before you came here i still haven't washed my fucking hair (laughs) so i should probably do that
0: i feel that i can break that confidence now (laughs) because it is washed it's washed and it's in the past He's talking a lot right now. Okay, so we have now moved the dog into the bathroom. Yeah, we got rid of him. He's not dead, but he... He's in the bathroom, but it's a big bathroom, and he has a big bone with him, but he's very unhappy. You have a very comfortable carpet in there as well, so Thank I you. don't understand
1: why he's upset at all. No, he's, he's just a very unhappy dog in general. Uh... <laughs> uh, so, what are we going... What is this week? What's happening this week? I'm going to stop you. Before we move on, plug your Instagram because people need to follow your art Instagram so that people can see what you do because you make awesome stuff and you made our, our cover art for our um, logo. Thank you, Johanna. Mm. Um,
0: you can find me on uh, Lynnet A. How do you spell that? That is spelled L-Y-N-N, the little line. Yeah, the l- underline. The underline thingy, E-Y-A. Uh, on instagram and when you see a lot of color and disney you've come to the right place
1: (laughs) that is it that's me (laughs) yeah Oh, that's awesome. And your uh, Instagram is. Oh, my Instagram is MandrakinHex. Uh, I believe it is actually. I love that both you and I don't have our real names. No, uh, I did for a while, but MandrakinHex is kind of my my blog identity and stuff. <laughs> I, I'm working on starting a blog, but, you know, it it's is going to happen. My name is MandrakinHex. Uh, And that is spelled M-A-N-D-R-A-K-I-N, underline H-E-X. I think I'm in a little bit of a bad mood. (gasps) Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, have you ever seen me in a bad mood? No, I don't think so. I'm very interested. I'm, okay, okay.
1: This is me irritated. Kind (laughs) of (laughs) empty. Yeah, yeah, I'm like a, I'm like a single mother. (laughs) Just like fucking cigarette in hand eyeliner by my cheeks let it play with a cement block <laughs> yeah he can shut entertain shut the fuck up <laughs> god i try and i try and i try
0: no goddamn gratitude i'm telling you <laughs>
1: mm. hits little the little flask yes <laughs> <laughs> with a random mixture of different alcohols <laughs> Oh, and also another great um, um, interruption we have in this episode is that, yes, my neighbors are still renovating and... uh, They will be doing that for quite some time. We walked past the uh, window the other day. I live on the bottom floor so we could see in and yeah, they've ripped everything out. So they would probably be going at it for at least a couple more weeks. So... Congratulations to them. I hope they move into a beautiful home.
0: This is my. This is when I'm cranky.
1: (laughs) It's also such a a jealousy. Oh yeah. Congratulations, you're fabulous. Also, that they have the amount of money to like just rip out an entire apartment they just bought (laughs) and just put in new stuff. And that includes kitchen, bathroom, I love, everything. I,
0: I want to see your passive aggressiveness t- toward these neighbors.
1: So you've got money? You're moving in here? you got Hi, money? I'm your new neighbor.
0: <laughs> Marble
1: floors, right?
0: Isn't that is that is that, isn't that a little bit tacky? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean,
1: you should probably keep the class with these old apartments. I mean, they're, they're pretty beautiful the way they are. But, you know, people with money. <laughs> you do you.
0: This <laughs> bulldoze history.
1: I don't know. I'm going
0: to go over to my uh, unrenovated apartment because I like it. And I like, uh, you know, keeping...
1: The organic. Exactly. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. We need to stop talking. Okay, we need to get to the point. Today is true crime week. Yes, we got there. It's true crime week. It is true
0: crime week. That means that we're going to talk true crime. (laughs) You're going to do one case. I'm going to do one case. I'm going to go first because mine is brutal. Yours isn't as brutal, but it's still brutal. It's brutal. It's it's depressing.
1: And then we have a dog locked into a bathroom and we got to get this done. We got to get it done. Yes. You're wearing your Titanic shirt. Get in... The zone. I girl. am
0: in the zone and I have my, I have my very, very comfortable bra, which puts my boobs around my navel.
1: Awesome. Me uh, too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, so uh, not not going for the bag not going for the expensive bra today, no.
1: Fuck no, but
0: because no. then then they're like under my, then they're you know around here, they're yeah, around, right around
1: your collarbones,
0: around my collarbone, yeah, and then they look nice, and that's when the Titanic looks really good. It doesn't look like it's sinking
1: <laughs> due to my boobs. It looks like it's floating on top of. Yeah, your it looks
0: like the Titanic when it's at sail, and then <laughs> today it is sinking. Yeah, I got it. It's very sad, yeah. but okay, we're gonna go to my case um, then. Yeah, got it. So, are you are you ready to
1: rock? <laughs> Ugh, I'm ready. Let's just do it. <laughs> Let's do this. Why, Mr. Oliver, you sound like an old man. Well, 52 yesterday. See, so
0: you'd had a fine and full life. Okay, so this... I really need to put this out there. This is an extremely brutal case. Okay. Uh, and I will be going through autopsy reports. So, sort of trigger warning if you... If you guys, it's a really brutal case, so to warn you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's act—it's the most violent non-sexual case uh, that I've read.
1: Really? About. Yeah. Wow.
0: Um, and it's actually not at all. Uh, I've been looking around. I've only found one other podcast, mm. and that's the Misconduct podcast on episode 22 that's done it. Okay. And there's so little information about this case, and I don't understand why. Wow. Yeah. I just do not understand why. So I also don't like cases where there is like zero information about who the victim was. You know, when all the information is just about the murder or the incident, the crime, and then the trial and aftermath. And there is very little focus on the person whose life has been stolen. And also like, um, and just stolen away from their loved ones. Yeah. And I wanted to find who uh, the victim was and what her dreams, goals, and accomplishments were. Because that's who she was or Mm. who she is. She isn't a murder victim first and foremost. That's just like the last thing she was. Yeah. Uh, Literally. Yeah, literally. Um, You know, first and foremost, she was a human. She was loved and she had a life and she had aspirations. And she did kind things and stupid things. And then one day she just wasn't there anymore. Yeah. Uh, But what's really irritating is that I couldn't find who she was really yeah only what happened to her her last days alive uh, which is really heartbreaking because that's then how media is that's how she's remembered she's remembered for how she died by the public but i mean i guess there is her parents and her mother has been very vocal about everything but there's still like if you look at i can't remember a single person right now (laughs) (laughs) no but every every single case that we've done we've like always been able to you know, talk about the victim and who they were and the media hasn't really cared about who she was yeah um so i'll just get to the case Um. yeah on july 27th 1997 on a deserted logging road in richmond virginia an unsuspecting bystander st- stumbled across the lonely body of a young woman she was entirely nude save for a pair of shredded underwear and an ankle bracelet and she was laying on her side face down in a puddle of mud When the police arrived at the scene and inspected the body, they quickly realized that the young girl hadn't had a quick death but had been severely tortured. Her skin was shredded by deep lacerations and stab wounds all over her entire body. She had been beaten beyond recognition, her throat had been slashed, and her skull was fractured. Jesus Christ. The young woman was 18-year-old Stacy Hanna. Okay. So a few weeks earlier. This is literally as far back as I can, like, pretty much go. Yeah. Stacy was just 18 years old when she moved out and relocated from Lynchburg, Tennessee to Richmond, Virginia. Stacy, described by her mother, Kathy, was, quote, too trusting and, quote, would give would give you the shirt off her back. Hmm. Stacy had a plan on moving, but when helping her friend Dana Vaughn settle into her new city of Richmond, Stacy just fell in love with the city and decided to stay. She quickly got a job at a bagel shop and also found a room in a townhouse on the 200 block of South Belmont Avenue, which was just a stone throw away from Carytown, which was a district which during the 90s was really known for its violence. And let's just say all around shady types. And Stacy street of Belmont wasn't exactly Rodeo Drive either. Yeah the street consisted of a long row of dilapidated apartments in need of repairing and care and many of the inhabitants were just well they were young adults or teenagers who'd recently left home and were quote-unquote finding themselves
1: yeah.
0: and, and they just shared apartments with a bunch of other people yeah because it was i guess it was cheap too yeah it was cheap and i'm assuming that like they only ate noodles yeah and like old chinese food and really cheap beers yeah and i i think that this was their way to find belonging and you know they were becoming adults yeah. and freedom woo so the room stacy moved into was in a townhouse where two other girls lived the first one was kelly ann tibbs who was 19 and then dana vaughn who was the friend that she'd help move mm. uh and then we have an I'm going to introduce some characters here. Okay. Then we have Tracy Bittner, who was 19 as well. And she was Tibbs's or well, Kellyanne's. I'm going to do their uh, first names. And she was uh, Kellyanne's, like, on and off girlfriend and was a very frequent visitor at this home. She was, I mean, she was practically living there. Yeah. And then there were two other common guests, and they were Damica Winkler, who was 18, and she lived around the corner, and then Stephanie Cole, who was 18, who also lived really nearby. So the girls let Stacy borrow their clothes, and they helped her get on her feet, showing her around and introducing her to new people. They really like took her under their wings. Yeah, embraced her. Yeah, embraced there. her exactly. Yeah. And she, Stacy, just really, Stacy quickly became close friends with a pack of girls who welcomed her, yeah, with open arms. Yeah. Uh, and for the first time in her life, Stacy felt like she really belonged and that she fit in somewhere. She felt that she had, she had found her place. Yeah. Uh, in the world and she could just be herself and the thing is that Stacy is uh gay. Mm. And all these other girls except for Dana were also gay. Oh okay. Yeah, so she moved into the life that she's always dreamed of and maybe never really And this embraced. is also
1: Virginia, right? Virginia, yes. In the 90s. Yes. I'm not going to make big assumptions, but I I'm pretty sure maybe not being being gay is might not be And she still. came from Tennessee exactly which is worse (laughs) i'm
0: assuming um yeah uh, just during the 90s being gay was still taboo
1: exactly but especially in the southern yeah yeah
0: because virginia is the country where it was a southern state and just right away it became northern
1: Mm.
0: okay so all these girls also had somewhat troubling pasts coming from broken homes and or just broken families and somehow these families have been they're just their lives had been torn apart by substance pro- substance problems or abuse or just like plain neglect. Yeah. So Kellyanne, who was she, sort of was the natural leader of the group, and she was very charismatic and sweet, and her she had a very inviting personality, uh, which made people just they were drawn to her. and yeah. They wanted to be with her. And Stacy was one of those people. It wasn't long before Stacy and Kellyanne started dating. Mm. However, everyone sort of assumed that this was just a fling. And that Kellyanne and Tracy, who was her on and off girlfriend, well, they were on and off all the time. Yeah. So that they sort of saw Stacy as like um, an in-between something. Mm. Um, and uh, everyone just assumed that Kellyanne and Tracy would just get back together over time. Yeah. Um, and one day, I mean, they really did have a one day they're together, the next day they're not yeah, yeah. sort of relationship. And even Kellyanne might have been having this sort of thought as well since she wasn't as fully invested or full-heartedly in the relationship as Stacy was because mm. K- Stacy was madly in love uh and she was just head over heels whilst Kellyanne was seeing this more as like yeah a, a temporary thing yeah, yeah. a fling or like something fun to pass the time and I think it I don't know this is myself talking and I think it, it there's a big difference be- between them because Stacy hadn't been openly gay mm. And Kellyanne Hat was openly gay, so yeah. she's had maybe more relationships and stuff. And this is Stacy's first. Yeah, I was going to
1: ask that. Is this her first? Relationship? Yeah, I'm assuming relationship. that because this
0: is where she's getting to like spread her wings and yeah. stuff and be openly gay. So I think that that affects the situation a lot. That this is her first love. Of course, Of yeah. course. And Stacy was naturally very threatened by Kellyanne and Tracy's relationship. She was very aware of how their relationship worked and that they'd been on and off for some time before Stacy came to the picture. They had a past, yeah. they? And in desperation and true just, you know, teenage mean girl fashion, Stacy began spreading rumors about Kellyanne and Tracy, insinuating to Kellyanne that Tracy had been talking shit about her and, you know, vice versa. Yeah. She would remind them also of, like, the pet peeves they had for each other when they were dating. When well, the day. thing
1: is that that's probably true. I mean, that's what happens when you are on and off with someone. When you're off, you're going to talk shit about the person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, Stacy did pretty much everything she could to make sure that they just wouldn't get back together. However, this wasn't enough for Kellyanne to stay with Stacy, And Kellyanne, well, she eventually ended it. On July 24th, 1997, Damika, I'm. I don't know if it's Domeka or Domeka, but Damika sounds... Right. Mm. <laughs> Domenica, who was one of the friends who lived close by, and Kellyanne had well, they'd had enough of Stacy, and they had a physical altercation with her where they pushed her around a bit and just told her to stop spreading lies about Kellyanne. None of the girls were seriously hurt during the situation, though. Luckily, mm. this naturally that's some bad mojo in the group and assured that there was just enough drama to go around. Yeah, and tensions were running really high now in the townhouse, and when personal items started disappearing. Things only got worse, since this only started after Stacy moved in. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So two days later, Kellyanne, Tracy, D'Amica, and Stephanie, who was the fourth frequent friend, were all riding together in Stephanie's 1993 Ford Tempo to a party. On their drive, Kellyanne and D'Amica began telling the others about Stacy and her lies. Kellyanne and Tracy, who'd been greatly affected by the lies and felt like there'd been... Naturally, had built a rift between them yeah. because of these lies. They started talking about, well, Stacy during the ride, and they quickly began realizing that they, well, still cared for each other and that all these rumors were just that they were rumors and yeah. lies, pretty much. As the girls drove on, more and more started coming out about Stacy, and as they neared the party, it had hit them that they'd all been tricked or lied. Lied to by Stacey.
1: Yeah.
0: It was during this moment that the women decided women or girls i don't know they're teen they're late teens yeah they're early they are women but they act like young women (laughs) women decided that they were going to quote kick stacy's butt for lying the woman believed stacy quote was interfering in their relationships and had told lies to them a chesterfield county detective testified later on a pretrial hearing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the woman arrived at the party uh where stacy and her hometown friend dana had already arrived And the group of women then invited the two girls that were there to Marshfield in Chesterfield County to, quote, hang out. Okay. What's Marshfield? Let me tell you in the next (laughs) sentence. (laughs) This was a secluded drinking area or hangout spot for locals. I told you now. Thank you. (laughs) And this wasn't, like, an odd thing to do since this was something they did very often. And the two girls thought it sounded like a good idea and piled into the car with the other four girls. And Stephanie then drove them the 15-minute drive to the field went there they all exited except for stacy and dana who stayed in the car dana hadn't been feeling too well during the night and had taken like some weird or just some medicine that made her feel a bit ill and groggy
1: Mm.
0: so so they sat in the car together but eventually kellyanne returned to the car and said that she could stay with dana after stacy exited the car kellyanne told dana quote that they were going to kick stacy's ass because she'd lied to kellyanne about tracy there's so many girl names here i'm so sorry if it's, yeah, confusing. No, no, no. it's cool. <laughs> and they rhymed, tracy and stacy
1: <laughs> damn it
0: yes stacy joined the others then the other girls who were like on the in the field already uh who were standing just oh i wrote that now who were just standing just a few feet into the field in front of the vehicle <laughs> mm-hmm. which was parked next to an abandoned building the moment stacy joined them kellyanne came back from the car leaving dana alone in the vehicle it was in this moment the attack came silently suddenly and just out of nowhere kellyanne and damika began to punch and kick stacy quickly tracy and stephanie joined in with the abuse stacy was thrown to the ground and they all took turns as if it were a game and they just took turns punching and kicking her when she was laying down And then someone pulled out a razor-bladed box cutter, no. which they passed among them. After one girl sliced Stacy, then the next girl would stab her and slice her as well. And as one girl was slicing her, the rest of the girls would kick and punch her. While in the car, a groggy Dana could not see the group, but she heard them start the beating of yeah. Stacy. Stephanie returned to the car and turned on the headlights. And this was the moment Dana saw Stacy. Her shirt was saturated and drenched in blood. Dana later testified that it was at this moment Dameka removed her belt and started to whip Stacy as she lay defenseless on the ground. When tired of this, Dameka then picked up a cinder block and dropped it on Stacy's head. Jesus fucking
1: Christ.
0: Yeah. The attack, which lasted maybe 10 minutes, left Stacy alive. But she had been slashed and stabbed about 65 times, and while well, she had a fractured skull, Cause they dropped a cinder block on her head. Yeah. She lay down on the ground, bleeding profusely, and with her skull cracked, and she had starting dropping in and out of consciousness at this point. When the girls had had enough, they returned to the car and drove a couple miles, leaving Stacy alone and battered in the field. During the ride, the women started discussing what they had done and what they were going to do with Stacy now. They all acknowledged that the attack might have gone a bit too far maybe maybe it did i don't know i don't know huh since the initial intention was
1: just to kick her butt yeah i mean the fucking box cutter was a step too far
0: yeah because the thing is that do you guys just go around with the box cutter (sighs) yeah because you guys planned it then yeah you guys planned for it to go that far if you bought the box cutter exactly and they started to discuss what they were going to do next taking stacy to the hospital wasn't a good idea since stacy would definitely rat them out of course yeah as she should as she should after a few minutes tracy suggested that they should kill stacy it was the only way to make sure that she wouldn't talk and somehow all the girls just agreed now keep in mind that dana is still sitting in the car quietly just sitting there Uh, the women returned to the scene stacy had crawled to a different spot where she now lay bleeding to death they took a hold of her body and dragged her to the car and then shoved her into the trunk. Right before they closed the trunk, Stacy begged to sit in the front with them. At this, Stephanie replied, you'd get blood everywhere. Oh no. They drove away a second time, this time with Stacy in the trunk, and Stacy wasn't fucking taking it. Stacy had no intentions of going quietly. She started pounding on the inside of the trunk, yelling and screaming for help, begging them to let her out.
1: She's still got this much fight in her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The driver of the
0: car, Stephanie, got so fed up with Stacy that she pulled over and jerked open the trunk. She told Stacy to shut up and then took the box cutter and stabbed Stacy's leg. Just before closing the trunk, she spit on her. They pulled onto the road again, and the women decided to take Stacy to a secluded back road where they could get rid of her. Mm -hmm. Stacy didn't give up, though. As the car drove away, she continued to fight and beg for help. This time, when they stopped, D'Amica got out and opened the trunk stacy begged and told her she wouldn't tell anyone what they done or if she could just call her mother and tell her that she loved her damika told her no and to shut up she then proceeded to rob stacy of her watch and two rings stacy begged for her to just to keep one of the rings but damika said she wanted all of her jewelry she shut the trunk and the car drove away again and the testimony has differed on whether damika took the watch from stacy here or when they arrived at their final stop Mm. i just want to put that there out there the woman continued driving and discussed again whether they should just take Stacy to the hospital or not. D'Amica and Tracy were strongly against this, fearing Stacy would report them. It was at this moment Tracy commented that Stacy's, quote, tongue needed to be cut out. So she couldn't report them. And D'Amica then stated, quote, that Stacy's finger needed to be cut off so she couldn't make a written report. As you can hear, these women are, like, the sharpest of all tools. Are they?
1: Are, sorry, I know that it doesn't change anything, but are they on drugs? I don't know. Because this sounds like some fucking jacked yeah, up kind I've, of decision making. I've
0: not read anything about drinking or drugs. Yeah. But most likely, at least there's some drinking.
1: Because they're all so erratic and, like... And stupid.
0: Yeah. They're just fucking stupid. The thing is that yeah i don't know i've just i haven't read anything yeah about i've read several articles yeah uh, and i
1: haven't read anything about
0: that because it feels like a very important thing to comment
1: on yeah it does yeah but yeah i mean it doesn't make the crime any less horrifying but it could at least explain some of their you know rationale
0: like none of the girls during testimony ever said dude i was so fucked out of my mind yeah, or so no. drunk or anything none of them said that yeah which is true. like a normal excuse or quote unquote normal excuse yeah
1: some people even lie about it
0: yes exactly yeah okay so stephanie finally pulled off to a deserted logging road about 15 miles south of richmond the yanked stacy from the trunk was still somehow alive but was bleeding profusely at this moment stephanie either stayed back in the car with dana or went with the girls for a while and then went back to car this was due to her she had arthritis Mm. Uh, so she wasn't it's important to note that she wasn't present at the final attack Mm. Uh, they then pulled stacy to her feet and proceeded down a dark deserted path until they had been completely swallowed by the darkness and dana could no longer see them stacy walked on her own until she fell to her knees after this the group picked her up and carried her only to finally then drop her near a muddy puddle here they continued to once again take turns with a box cutter kellyanne decided to strip stacy of her clothes since stacy had borrowed them from her mm. but i'm pretty sure that they were just rags at this yeah, point course. anyway stacy was turned onto her back and Demeka stabbed her in the chest several times with a box cutter but she didn't die they needed her to die so Demeka then shoved and held her face down in the mud while tracy tried to break stacy's neck but it wouldn't break. So Tracy instead tried to slit Stacy's throat, but she couldn't get the box cutter deep enough through. The box cutter sliced Stacy's windpipe, but they didn't cut like a major blood vessel. During the entire attack, Stacy had been calling for her mother and begging them to stop. And in response, they shoved mud down her throat. It's also alleged that Kellyanne at some point carved the word liar into Stacy's back. When the attack was over, the women didn't bother to hide Stacy's body. They just left her naked... Say for underwear, and an ankle bracelet, her shredded body lying there alone, face down in the mud. She was just somebody else's problem now. Yeah. And later, a preliminary autopsy indicated that Stacy was actually alive when they left her.
1: Jesus fucking yeah.
0: Christ. So we're going to go into the autopsy now. So, <clears throat> and it's not to bask in gore or anything. It's more to understand how could you do this to a person
1: just the extent of what stacy had to endure yeah
0: and callousness how could you do this yeah so dr marcella fierro chief medical examiner performed the autopsy on stacy dr fierro counted a minimum of 65 cuts and stab wounds including a five and one half inch long which is 14 centimeters about uh one half inch deep cut on her neck and another cut above that one straight into the trachea which is the airway in addition, Dr. Fierro saw numerous blunt force injuries to Stacy's head and face, including a fracture of the bridge of her nose, big black eyes, and an abrasion of her left cheek. On the right side of her face, she had a big 5-inch and 3-inch contusion or big bruise underneath the scalp, which might have been from the cinder block then, Yeah. and several other bruises all around her head. In addition, Dr. Fierro found numerous abrasions to Stacey's feet, torso, knee, elbow, hip, and shoulder. As well, she described linear cuts on Stacy's hand, indicating defensive injuries. Mm. Internally, Stacy's organs were very, very, very pale, indicating she lost a great deal amount of blood. Stacy's lungs were very large, and they were very heavy. And there was sand and water in her airways and in her stomach, indicating that she swallowed muddy, sandy water. Dr. Friar concluded that Stacy had died from exsanguination, which is an excessive blood loss. Yeah. Uh, due to the cutting wounds and dragging and of drowning so she drowned and she drowned and died of blood loss yeah 20 minutes later the girls returned covered in mud and blood to the car where dana still sat kellyanne however remained with stacy for a few more minutes once back at the car tracy boasted that she'd cut stacy's throat stuffed mud in her mouth and stabbed her quote near the heart Mm. and saying quote i want your heart bitch give me your heart why won't you die when Kellyanne got back, she said she'd stabbed
1: Stacy with a stick. Good God, which probably wasn't even hard to get into, like, an actual already existing yeah. Uh, slash. Yeah.
0: When they were all collected, they drove away, and during this ride, Domeka threatened them that if any of them reported what had just happened, quote, the same thing could happen to them. The following minutes were filled with laughs and boasts about what they'd just done. They discussed how difficult it had been to kill Stacy and that Stacy had, quote, put up a good fight. On their way back, they made one more stop before heading home, and this was to dispose of Stacy's bloody torn clothes. Already the next day, the police found Stacy lying where she'd been left, where she'd bled and drowned to death.
1: Yeah.
0: It didn't take long to figure out who'd kill Stacy because the girls, especially Tracy, couldn't shut up about the murder. I mean, the first thing they did after they returned from the murder was to tell another girl Claire Watson, about what they'd done. She was later charged with having been an accessory after the fact since she didn't immediately call the police. Rightfully so. Yeah. Tracy, proud of herself, spoke often and quite loudly about the murder, having proudly said, I cut her throat and it felt good. Tracy's big mouth soon found its way around the neighborhood and the police easily traced Stacy to Kellyanne and the townhouse. Mm. On Sunday, July 27th, 1997, city of richmond and chesterfield county police officers went to the belmont avenue townhouse to investigate and soon the ladies found themselves in police custody thank god thank god yeah yeah the girls weren't shy when talking to the police either and the classy ever classy Damica even wore stacy's watch during the first police interview
1: it's so fucking gross man and it's also like one of those things that's like yeah aren't you fucking edgy yeah look at you
0: aren't you Stone a cool cold. person yeah yeah you keep doing that the
1: whole 90s thing that was like you know with the columbine <laughs> shooters too and everything yeah. just very much uh we were not gonna take shit laying down from the man yeah
0: yeah but this was they're actually just this sociopaths an child yeah
1: you just murder because she made up a rumor
0: yeah it was during this interview the police asked why she'd stolen the watch. Her response was a shrug and, quote, I liked it and I wanted it. She continued to tell the police that Stacy had been scared shitless and couldn't do anything to stop her. The police asked her why they'd killed Stacy. She responded, quote, there are times when people need to die and this was just one of those times. Is it? Is it really? Yeah. During questioning, Damika also confessed that she stabbed Stacy in the chest and, quote, tried to push her face in the mud to suffocate her. I don't know who these humans are, because they're not humans. The strange or stupid thing is that none of the girls really defended their actions or gave any other motive other than wanting to teach Stacy a lesson. Yeah, They told the police quite plainly what they'd done.
1: They all, however, did admit that the attack had gone out of hand.
0: Really? Once again, really? Yeah.
1: Really? And probably what they mean by that is just that they weren't intending to kill her that night. Yeah. But they were intending to cause her excessive <laughs> amounts of pain and harm.
0: Exactly. But, yeah. All the girls' attorneys
1: explain that they believe that their
0: clients never intended to kill anybody and that they were not known to be violent people. For instance, Tracy was a talented basketball player in high school and Damica was a gifted bowler.
1: Oh yeah, so when you're good at sports, you don't have murder in your is heart. Is bowling
0: a sport? That is the that is the week's question is bowling a sport. <laughs> uh, are you going to call veto on that? I'm going to call veto on that. <laughs> yes. So, Demika, Tracy, Kellyanne, and Stephanie all faced charges in Stacy's murder and were convicted in Chesterfield County Circuit Court. During trial, the judge literally had to ask the jury to not take their sexuality into consideration. And this was, I mean, like we st- talked about, this was the 90s and being gay was still taboo. Yeah. And we'll never know if it did affect the final verdict. However, yeah. these girls deserve whatever was coming for them anyway. Absolutely. D'Amica's lawyer said that she expressed deep regret for her part in the murder. No, nah, because you were wearing the watch, bitch, during the first interview. You yeah. do not regret this.
1: Don't fucking...
0: In her family, Demi- well, D'Amica's family, was- mm-hmm. said that she was the one who always ran from
1: fights. Yeah. Yeah 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 she's probably really unhappy now because now there's a reality to what happens there's a consequence yeah so she probably regrets it because she's going to prison
0: yeah of course and both Kellyanne and tracy were sentenced to life in prison for first degree murder stephanie was a little different since she maintained during her trial that she participated in the events out of fear for her life She explained that her past experiences with Tracy Domek and Kellyanne and her non-violent nature made her more susceptible to duress. Yeah. Mm. She stated, I didn't kick her any more than 15 times. And the thing is that Stephanie was the driver, and she had literally driven past the police department on the way to the final stop at the logging trail. Wow. So I'm calling bullshit.
1: Yeah, big time BS. Yes.
0: Stephanie was given 20 years, receiving a lower sentence because she couldn't have participated in much of the beating due to her arthritis. Well, what they mean, more that she wasn't there when she was killed because she took a break yeah, because she was tired. Yeah. In an interview, Kathy Hanna, which was uh, Stacey's mom, said Stephanie was the driver of the car that took her daughter to her death. 100% true. Mm -hmm. In 2015, 2015... Uh, four years ago Mm. stephanie was released from prison on the anniversary of stacy's murder really yeah this was not intentionally done though but like you had one job you
1: could have you had
0: 364
1: just one day day, back or forth it doesn't really fucking matter no
0: 364 other days to choose from but no no we're doing this day and naturally that really upset stacy's mother yeah yeah
1: yeah it's like a mockery
0: exactly exactly Kathy was heartbroken over the release, stating, "The girl should have been there, and for life, she got my daughter murdered." The case of Namika was also a bit different, since she was sentenced to death. Really? Yes. Why her? Since she was found guilty of first-degree murder in commission of a robbery, oh. which is a capital crime. Interesting. Yes, and naturally, she appealed, and even Kathy Hanna actually spoke out about her not wanting to make it to be sentenced to death. She explained that all the girls were equally culpable, and it was strange that the only black woman in the group was the only one who got a death penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Kathy stated, Why kill one and not the others? She explained that she didn't believe that Stacy would have wanted her to be executed because of her race. The charges were upheld. If she'd been executed, she would have been the first female to be executed in Virginia since 1912. That says something. Yes. Yeah. Maybe stop. Yeah. Today you can find Kellyanne looking for love on the Paper Dolls Pen Pals, which is a dating site for incarcerated women. (sighs) So, I can understand to some extent why a few podcasts have discussed this case. Um, Like I said, it was misconduct and I have listened to that uh, pod and uh, some of the information is from them. Yeah, And it's a good podcast. Um, But I couldn't find anyone else. And I don't know if there's the lack of information, if it has something that it's so brutal or that it's she's gay i don't know um but you know a lot of people have done the skylar niece case or the Slenderman stabbing that are you know the friends murdering a friend and they're more recent so that's natural i guess that we that a lot of podcasts have discussed them but there's a very famous case i don't know if you've heard about it it's called uh, it's the case of shonda renee sharer I do recognize her name. I think you've heard the case because I I think you've listened to the podcast. There are a lot of people that have talked about her. And she was murdered by four girls when she was 12 years old in 1992 in Indiana. And that was also circulated around a lesbian love triangle. Yeah. Quote unquote that, please. And they took her to a logging road as well. And Mm. she was strangled and beaten and then transported in a car trunk. And the cases have a lot of similarities. Interesting. But nobody talks about this case yeah and i wonder why because stacy hannah's case is also more recent than shonda's case exactly so why is nobody talking about stacy and why isn't she why isn't her story being told at all why do we know nothing about her
1: very interesting wow what a fucking oh, i i'm speechless that was harsh
0: um yeah i'm so sorry i i really have a difficult time for podcasts who censor out of quote-unquote respect for the victim because i think that it takes away what they had to endure.
1: Yeah, we've talked about this a lot when it comes to how graphic should you be when you describe someone's injuries, especially when it's a sexually violent crime. Because there is this idea in in a lot of podcasts, and I'm not saying that we disagree with it, but a lot of people do choose to not share as much of the information as there is. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just a personal choice that is them Choosing not to expose the victim or like we said, you know, relish in the gore or this traumatic event that happened to a person. But on the other hand, like you just said, sometimes it feels sometimes it feels like it's almost denying that person the right to their story.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, I hope that I told it in the right way. Absolutely. But I think there's a difference between fetishizing and like basking it like some past have they ripped the flesh and it dripped a blood across his face and he licked it with his salivating glance yeah or yeah
1: Sal- Salva- <laughs> he, he licked it with so his salivating glance. Glance. yes
0: <laughs> oh. no but that's that's basking in the gore yeah absolutely and i hope i told it as plainly
1: without basking or just no i i really think you did but there is it it is difficult sometimes to think you know how much should you share how much is too much how much and and like at what point does it become disrespect disrespectful to the to the victim yeah um because on one hand like like i said um you know sexual violence especially it's one of those things that you might not ever want to talk about
0: no especially also when children are involved in this case you really i would have i'm gonna admit that i would have a lot more a lot more difficult time talking about this if there was a child involved automatically yeah um and i don't know what maybe kathy stacy's mom wants to be put out there because in the end she's the one who she has the final say in what she wants the how she she wants the world to perceive her daughter or perceive her daughter's last moments
1: because I think also there's this difficulty with when you apply an element of shame to I'm, – I'm referring again to sexual violence, even though that was not yeah. an element in this case uh, particularly. But when there is that element of shame that goes with being a victim of, of sexual violence that a lot of victims you know, express and uh, have to endure walking around feeling very guilty or feeling shame – there's this way that we choose to not talk about it in order to respect that person. But I kind of feel like it almost makes it as if that is a part of that shame is a is a just is a is a justified part of that person's experience. Because even though it's perfectly normal and natural that a person feels that way. It is something that has happened because of the way that we treat sexual violence in society, and especially women. So it's almost like if we take out the sexual violence that a person had to go through in, in telling their story, it's almost as if we're attributing the acts that were done to the victim, as if it's the victim's shame and guilt to have.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel- oh, I, no, I, I entirely understand you. If society, if sexual violence in society didn't go hand in hand with shame, yeah. it's just really, I, I understand you, I just can't, like, myself explain it. It's really But difficult. it's because, it's this, uh, it's sort of like a social construct, construction, that society has created, oh, you should be ashamed, and then you feel shame, and then we're not going to talk about it. And then you feel more shame. It's just this feeding of each other, sort yeah. of. Um, that if we didn't, tr- if we didn't treat uh, sexual crimes and oh, crap.
1: It's really hard. It's really, yeah, because I explain, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because also you know it's it's more that since we do kind of tend to not talk about the sexual violence that a person endures, but the physical violence, the non-sexual violence. Yeah, it's almost as if we can contribute the the non-sexual violence to the offender, but the sexual violence somehow becomes a part of the victim. Oh
0: and yeah, there, yeah,
1: yeah. um, you know, because even though there's obviously you can never take the victim out of a crime. Yeah. Uh, it's, it shouldn't be something that's attributed to the victim it's something that the the offender did
0: yeah exactly I understand it because it's sort of like it's sort of like we're not gonna go into the graphic stuff the sexual violence that she endured but we're gonna talk about what you create a divide between what has been done yeah and if you look at it like a left and a right um, then it's on the right you have we're gonna say a man mm. Uh, perpetrating this action he's beating, he's kicking, he's doing that but that's happening on the right and then on the left, you have the victim. She's been sexually
1: assaulted. Assaulted, yes, by the man on the right. By the man,
0: but that's on the left. That's her issue. Yeah, and we're not going to talk about that. But we're going to talk about what's ha- what he's doing on the right side. But we're not going to talk about what's happening on the left side because that's her thing.
1: Exactly. And you, you, yeah, you put you hit the nail on the head there. And he, he is responsible and unified with the violence but she still carries the sexual abuse. Exactly. She was raped, but he hit her. It's really about language, which is so important when you talk about these things. And that
0: is the thing, is that we construct the world by using words, sentences, semantics. That's how we create meaning. And by, like when you're writing... um, uh, articles and stuff by using certain words specific words there's so many synonyms but they're all charged differently and have Definitely. different uh, connotations you can write the same story but tell it in a different way because you choose to choose you choose other words and Synonyms. and also just
1: who's the subject and who's the object in the yeah. way you're phrasing you're putting together a sentence because that's yeah it it, it matters absolutely
0: I just feel that a lot of times the Stacy a lot of times uh, the victim just becomes so forgotten because I mean just the fact that the articles couldn't spell Stacy's name right. Really? Yeah. It varied between but none of the perpetrator's names were spelled wrong and Stacy's pretty fucking easy to spell and just the fact that we don't know anything about her before this but we know what's happened to everyone after this. Yeah. So it's like A person's life was stolen but we don't care we don't care about telling her story at all we're telling the story about what they what the people that did this yeah because we also
1: love to relish in what we deem insane people's insanity and how could they do this and why are they like this um And just a side note, uh, referring back to the whole, uh, you know, how you how you phrase things. It's like when we go back to the Me Too Too movement, isn't it interesting? I saw this in a tweet somewhere and it's been shared everywhere. Then it's real. (laughs) (laughs) No, but just isn't it interesting that there are so many rape victims, but such few rapists? Mm -hmm. You know, because how we talk about it, if there are so many rape victims, how come there are so many such few rapists and that again goes back to you know putting the putting the sexual violence act on the victim rather than the perpetrator because there are a lot of people who I know personally who have experiences that they deem to be rape and that by a judge would be rape yeah but the people who did that to them would never deem themselves as rapists
0: exactly That's and the that thing. is
1: that you're no more than an animal so with that said i think uh let's move on to my story i guess
0: yeah yeah yes please you ready for that i mean do i have a choice <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm ready and the woofer is uh cozily sleeping by your side yeah he just he just
1: busted out of yes. the bathroom
0: <laughs> he literally opened the door from the bathroom. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying that I have the name Kirsten for the victim in this in the story. I don't know if that is her real name. Where Be- did
0: you find the story?
1: She tells it herself on I Survived. Okay. And there it says that her name is Kirsten M. But in any of the other articles I've read, um, the... Um, court documents I couldn't find her name her actual like the name of the victim Mm -hmm. so I don't know if she it's possible that her name is is a fake one because you know obviously this is awful but again she has been telling her story and I guess this is why I get to have the last one because yes she does survive
0: yeah it's the podcast I survived correct
1: no 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 the the tv show i survived oh okay, yeah okay, okay. and i also saw it on another one. Oh no
0: i su- yeah i was thinking i think it's called survivor the podcast oh yeah i think that i am i am survivor i think it's called oh There's, yeah cool. that's a really good po- okay so i survived yes yeah
1: yeah all right it is may 23rd of 2003 kirsten is 19 years old and has just finished her freshman year at the university of delaware She's studying apparel design and having the time of her life. Truly the college experience that so many young Americans dream of. And today is their last day of classes before summer. So in true college fashion, there's a house party to celebrate making it through the first year. Now, Kristen's a little bit nervous about the summer ahead because she hasn't managed to find a job yet. So when she has a job interview scheduled for the morning after, she's quite hesitant to go with her friends to the party since she wants to wake up fresh and, and, you know, nail the job interview. But of course, her friends really want her to come, so she agrees and gets ready to go to the party just for a little bit. As she arrives to the party, she has one beer and like 30 minutes later, she wants to go back to her dorm. She's not really feeling it and, of course, wants to focus on preparing for the interview. Mm -hmm. So she leaves the party and calls her friend Colette, who's still getting ready at their dorm. And like most of the women I know, Kirsten is strategic regarding her heading home. So she asks Colette if they could maybe meet at Burger King, which is pretty much like halfway from the party and halfway from the campus that they live. And um, then her friends can walk her home before heading to the party themselves. Colette agrees, of course, and Kristen starts walking in the direction of the Burger King. When she arrives, Colette has not yet showed up, so Kristen sits down outside on the curb to wait for to wait for her friend. She's not really worried, because there's plenty of people out, and it's not super late yet. It's approaching midnight, and the street she's on is, is very lit, because there's, you know, there's Burger King right there and yeah, everything. Yeah,
0: and around that time, it's prime time. Exactly, you
1: know? and this is a college... Uh, area so there's lots of students out so she's just hanging out there so it's a little bit after midnight when a black sedan pulls up next to her uh and she looks at the driver and it's this white man in what she assumes to be in his 20s he's got really long hair like past his shoulders from what she can see which wasn't that common for dudes in 2003 it shouldn't be common at all (laughs) <laughs> Why? Well, no, because a... I
0: think if you have good hair, but I have a feeling he does not have good hair. Um, I'm seeing like, I'm seeing
1: like... His hair is fine.
0: <laughs> Get over it.
1: You know, this is a dire yet splendid era for pop punk. So, you know, rock uh, dudes had okay, more of that yeah. spiky like Linkin Park dudes. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a white t-shirt and she thinks that he looks kind of dodgy. Like she describes him as kind of grungy looking. It's
0: because of the goddamn hair.
1: Probably. <laughs> So this weirdo holds out a pair of handcuffs and says, if I give you $100, will you put these on? Obviously, Kirsten is immediately uncomfortable. So she ignores the guy. She doesn't really want to get into conversation with him. She gets up off of the curb and starts walking away from him. But that's when he grabs her arm and pulls her into the car in what seems like one second. She's terrified and completely unable to move or even think because she's so shocked. Yeah. He's now got her in the passenger seat and he's holding a gun to her back while he forces her to bend over and put her head between her knees so she's hidden from anyone passing the car. Mm -hmm. Straight away, he handcuffs her hands behind her back and wraps duct tape over her eyes. He also puts handcuffs on her feet so that she can't run and she can't pull her legs apart, kick him, for example, and tells her that he has a gun and don't move and don't make a sound. This is no problem because Kristen is so in shock that she doesn't even know how to begin to do anything about the situation. As the man is driving off with her next to him, he rests his gun on her back and continues to make threats. So she's terrified. So all Kirsten can think to do is to just like try to feel where the car is going. Uh, now remember, she can't see anything. She's got duct tape over her eyes. So she's just trying to figure out where she's going based on how how long it takes them to go from turn to turn and where those turns go. Kind of just trying to navigate based on feeling. But her brain is so scattered from the terror of it all that she has no success in getting an idea of their location. Now he starts asking her what her name is. Like he's almost trying to like make casual conversation with a mm, gun to her back. Yeah. She gives him a fake name. And when he asks her how old she is, she says seventeen. Now she's nineteen, yeah. but she's thinking that if he believes that she's a minor, then maybe he won't be, you know, sexually approaching her, which is just really heartbreaking to think of, to think about. Yeah, that
0: you're thinking in
1: those yeah. that you have to be that strategic. Yeah. Um, He's like trying to talk to her casually while she's just sitting folded over with tape over her eyes, and he asks her what kind of music she likes. So she says a name of a radio station, and he turns it on.
0: This is a special type of humor.
1: Do you not recognize this at all? No,
0: because I I haven't seen that many I Survive stories. Yeah?
1: I know that I've heard, I think I've heard about this story on at least one other podcast too, but I, anyway, I'll keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, so now in her head, she starts counting the songs and estimates like their duration in order to calculate sort of how long they're in the car. Yeah. Kirsten doesn't know, but at this time she's approaching Elkton, Maryland, which is eight miles. That's almost 13 kilometers away from campus. That's definitely far enough away from her campus in any direction really for her to be lost if she manages to get free, you know. 13 kilometers. Yeah, you're miles. not running that like in the yeah. an evening. And just take me 13 kilometers away from where I am right now, I would have no clue where I'm at, where I'm at.
0: I was doing math. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's further. It's not where I am I'm, I'm closer than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh
1: finally, she can hear how the car pulls up on a long gravel driveway. That
0: is like the worst thing, that you hear that it's gravel because you're not, okay, so this is not a neighborhood. Yeah, you know, a and family it's long.
1: Oh, no. The car stops. He gets out and takes her out of the passenger seat. She still can't see anything, and she's handcuffed by both her feet and hands, but she's using every sense that she can to figure out every detail of where she is and where she's going. So she's feeling things. She's smelling things. She's listening. Mm-hmm. Now he leads her into a house and she can tell that they're going down steps within the house into a basement because she grew up in a house with that exact type of unfinished basement and she can hear like how the steps sound because it's hollow.
0: Yeah. And just usually basements have a certain smell as well. Exactly. Automatically a little bit. Earthy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And now it starts to get real gross. Um, In the basement, he sits her down and starts kissing her touching her and pinching her uh-huh. she's certain that there's at least one large dog around because she can hear paws on the floor move uh above yeah. them and i'm assuming she can smell it too which obviously makes this even more menacing because she doesn't know you know what this dog is like yeah another guy gets up and she can hear how he takes out and rips open a condom. No! And then he puts it on.
0: No, 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 no. Yeah.
1: No. I can't imagine how fucking terrified she must have been in that moment. Just knowing what's, you know, just that anticipation that it's he's approaching.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: She knows what's going to happen.
0: Yeah.
1: All she can think of is to endure it. Because she's thinking to herself, if he does this... That there's nothing worse than can come that can come after. If he just gets this done, then it's all going to be over. Mm-hmm. And so he sexually assaults her. The way that she phrases it in the in her interview, because keep in mind she does survive. She says sexually assaults, um, but I think we can assume that he rapes her. Mm-hmm. Just if we want to be specific. Um, Kristen is still left on the couch that she was put on and she can hear how he gets up and goes up the stairs after the the rape now she can hear the sound of chains rattling she's hoping to herself now that the chains belong to some kind of dog leash maybe that he's doing something but she can hear how he's coming close to her and he's holding these chains they're moving around now he takes her shoes off and, she re- and he replaces them with some kind of heavy platform heels. Remember, she can't see. She can just feel that she's wearing something that doesn't have an open toe and they feel really high and clunky. Mm-hmm. And now he salts her again. When he's done, he brings her over to a table, puts her on top of the table face down and places a ball gag in her mouth. Remember, her ankles are still handcuffed together and so are her hands behind her back. Now she hears the chains being moved around again and she can tell that he's making some sort of contraption with them. He attaches a hook to the cuffs around her wrist and then another one to the cuffs around her ankles and he begins hoisting her up with the chain, which means that she is now hanging in the air, hogtied. So when you're hogtied... Your limbs are pulled together behind your back, which means that your back. Should I explain what a ho- what, how you hogtie someone? I
0: think that most people.
1: I think that most people know yeah, what, ho- your, what hog
0: what is. But just to is. be
1: just to be uh, thorough, yeah. hog tying someone is you if you have a body that's laying face down on your stomach, um, and then you basically, you know how when you're little and you try to touch your head with your feet.
0: You pretty much just collect all your limbs and then tie them together behind your behind back. Behind your back,
1: exactly. Yeah. So he's doing this with chains, kind of pulling her limbs together behind of her. Um, so then, obviously, your your back begins to arch because you're being pulled together behind you, behind
0: you. Yeah, and her entire, if you're in the air, your entire weight is...
1: Pulling you down. Yes, yeah. exactly. And also, the weight of your head means that your neck is going to have a hard time keeping your head up.
0: And keep in mind, she has a fucking ball gag in her mouth. Exactly. Which is one of my greatest, that is terrifying, a ball gag. It's
1: horrible. Yeah. Um. So, so when she's hanging in the air, she has to kind of like strain her neck in order to kind of shove her, her head back high enough so that her windpipes get cleared. Yeah. Because if you think about it, if you're hanging and you're, the weight of your ha- head is hanging down and your body's being pushed back up like this <laughs> I'm, I'm demonstrating yes. what you guys can see <laughs> then the it's almost like your collarbones are choking you
0: yeah because you can literally you the thing is when you have your arms over your head yeah you constrict your breathing way exactly. your airway
1: yeah I actually tried just standing up and like leaning forward in like a a yoga stance yeah with my hands clasped behind my back and then letting my ha- head hang free just like leaning forward and it's fucking really hard to breathe and just like imagining that my entire body weight was also pulling me down from my arms
0: and you're pro- like hyperventilating and you're you're having a oh my god you got a worse I cannot believe this. I cannot believe that she survives.
1: Keep that in mind. Yes. Keep that in mind. And she tells the story. And that's what's most amazing, I think. So the ball gag he put in her mouth obviously isn't helping her either. Yeah. As she's trying to pull her head up enough to breathe, he forces her head down and tells her to tell him, yes, master, with when a, he orders her around. With a ball gag? Yeah. How is she supposed to do that? I guess it's, it's just like a part of his fucking control fantasy, I guess, you know? To add to this, he starts choking her as well. And some t- I've, I read in some of the articles that he was strangling her with the chains as well. But she doesn't share any of that information oh, yeah. in the interview. So I've mainly taken the truth from the way that she tells the story. Yeah. Because this is her story to yeah, tell.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. Um, and as he's choking her, she can hear how he's masturbating. Yeah, and now she's starting to get that. Are <laughs> you okay? Oh, it's...
0: <sighs> and,
1: now can, and now she can hear that, and now she's getting that death angst. She starts thinking about her family, and the emotional pain is just so overwhelming because she can picture them grieving her now. This image just fuels her fight or flight, and she knows now that she cannot let him win. But she's getting weaker, and it's difficult to breathe. It's really difficult to breathe. And at this time, Kirsten has been hung up by these chains and sexually assaulted for more than two hours. Are you... What? And her lungs are giving in. As soon as her head drops, as she's passing out from the lack of air, he lets go of the chains and she lands on the hard table underneath. She immediately gasps for air and he removes the ball gag from her mouth, most likely freaking out that he might be killing her. Yeah. He takes the chains off too and changes her shoes back into her old ones. He gets Kristen up on her feet and he now drags her up the steps and outside to the car again. At this moment, she's certain that she's gonna be killed. He has now removed the handcuffs and replaced them with duct tape around her wrists and ankles. They're in they're back in the car and they're driving. He keeps telling her, and I fucking hate this so much, that he's sorry and that she shouldn't tell anyone. And just the fact that he's asking her to say, to, you know, he's ask, he's asking her for forgiveness is such like a testament to how wrong you know that this is. I hate it so fucking much, man.
0: Uh, yeah, it's... Oh, he's he's such an embarrassment to... He- just human existence he's just oh i cannot talk i'm not gonna be quiet now you you tell the amazing story
1: (laughs) oh at some point he slows the car down and pushes her out of it while it's still moving
0: of course because yeah you can't stop it you ask jack
1: he just you know he doesn't want to be seen whether he wants to get the fuck out of there she doesn't know it yet but she's finally free the man has dumped her on the sidewalk six blocks away from Kristen's dorm. Now, it's approaching 5 a.m., which is a wonky time of day on a Saturday morning.
0: You, is she still bound? And yes. eyes and everything? Okay. Yeah.
1: Maybe someone's coming home, leaving, in a, leaving an after party, or maybe someone is going for their morning walk, but it's still, like, a dodgy time.
0: Yeah.
1: Kristen listens for the car, and she can hear how he's getting out of there, how he, you know, drives off. Mm-hmm. She waits until he's gone, and she starts screaming for help, but no one hears her. She manages to get the tape off of her wrists, and then rips the rest off just, you know, Mm -hmm. as quickly as she can. And this is the first time that she's been able to see in five hours. She throws the tape on the ground, takes her shoes off, and starts lagging it towards her dorm. As she's running, she realizes that she doesn't have any of her valuables on her. No phone, no keys, no ID. She decides to return to where she had been abducted, the place outside of the Burger King.
0: Oh my god, it must feel like just a lifetime ago. Yeah. Just, like, returning to...
1: Where she'd been waiting for her friends.
0: Like, the most normal place in the world, just every day, and you've had the most horrific experience anyone can in even just imagine. five hours. And in your just... life, you know that your life will just never be the She's same. She's still got
1: a job interview scheduled for the morning after, yeah. you know? It's... It's crazy. Um, Well, she's thinking that maybe she dropped her purse when he pulled her into his car. At least that's what she hopes. But she finds nothing. And so she falls to the ground sobbing because she realizes now that he has it and she must have left it in his car.
0: This is a... Do you know if she's clothed at this moment? I was thinking if someone saw her.
1: I think so. Okay. I think she, she was wearing her dress that she had worn for the party. Yeah. And uh you know, I don't know if she had her underwear, but
0: yeah. Um yeah. No, I was just thinking if someone saw someone completely nude or if they saw someone dressed.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um well, obviously this terrifies her knowing that he's in possession of her identification. He knows her real name. He knows her address. He also has her keys and her student ID so he can get onto campus and get into her dorm. Fuck me. Yeah. When she finally manages to get back to her building, she gets back to her building by herself. Her friends immediately rush to her aid and call the police. But the only thing the police has to go off is a partial fingerprint between one, between, he he put two pieces of tape over her eyes. Okay. And the top one has a fingerprint, meaning that it's between the bottom piece of tape and the glue. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. So they managed to pull those apart and find this partial fingerprint. And when they put it into the database, they find no match in the state of Delaware. It is now becoming clear to Kristen that this guy might actually get away with this. But she quickly decides that she needs to move on with her life, no matter if they catch her abductor or not.
0: I need to know now if they capture him. What? I need to know if they capture him. I mean, I need to know that now if I'm... (laughs) No, don't spoil, but I need to know it, Johanna. (laughs) Tell me, but don't tell me.
1: I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. Okay, thank you. But don't get your hopes up.
0: Oh. No, 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 just stay... Stay in the middle. Yeah.
1: I'm honestly really excited that you haven't heard the story because it's almost impossible to tell you a true crime story that you haven't heard. (laughs) He has already taken so much from her and she refuses to let him dictate any more of her life than he already has. So she proceeds with her life plans. She moves down to the beach, lives with her best friend, gets two jobs and just surrounds herself with people who are dedicated to help her heal and take care of her until the next semester starts. She goes running and just, she says that she was running like three times a day because she's just making sure to keep busy at all costs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But paranoia is a tricky demon to fight. And as one can imagine, everywhere Kirsten goes, she always has one eye over her shoulder, almost as if she feels like it's just a matter of time until he com- comes back to haunt her because she knows that he knows her true identity. Yeah. Yeah. And this is obviously a symptom of, of PTSD and something that plenty of trauma survivors experience, even when their abusers have been caught. But turns out, Kristen was right. Three years pass, and the case turns cold. Kirsten is now a senior in college, and she's working at this restaurant off campus. One morning, she's with her serving colleagues. I'm sorry, your your face is so good right now. <laughs> You're so invested, <laughs> Chris, um, Yeah, she's she's working at this restaurant off campus. One morning, she's with her serving colleagues, and they're all around this table in the restaurant getting ready getting ready to open. So they're just chit chatting, and they're all girls the same age. And one of the girls casually asks if any one of them has ever been. Ball gagged. She's no. asking because her boyfriend likes her to be ball gagged when they have sex and she wants to see if anyone else has any experience. And this is just, you know, common girly yeah, sex they talk. Don't,
0: yeah, exactly. They don't know anything.
1: And obviously, Kristen is really, really uncomfortable immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that she wants to think about or even consider. But she feels urged to ask the question, does your boyfriend have long hair? The girl says, yeah, why do you ask? At this point, Kirsten is flushed and spiraling. So she responds, no reason, before rushing outside to grab some air. After a moment, the girl comes to check on Kirsten outside to see what it was that upset her. And Kirsten starts asking her questions. Does your boyfriend have a long gravel driveway to his house? Does he have dogs? Is there water close to where he lives? Just basically, like, giving her questions based on anything that she has gathered from her experience three years ago. Yeah. Her colleague responds and confirms every single one of Kristen's questions.
0: I cannot imagine the emotions she was
1: feeling. Now, it seems like perhaps this was a new relationship, or maybe this girl wasn't fully on board with dating the guy, because she fills in with telling her, with telling Kirsten that for her birthday, he had bought her these, what she calls stripper shoes.
0: Of course he's gotten something that will benefit him. Yeah.
1: And but, break her But, you know, like legs. those, and yeah. I think by stripper shoes, she means those like from Pleaser, the no. really chunky. Are those high. the shoes he put on her? As soon as she says that. That's what Kirsten realizes, that those are exactly the kind of shoes that he put on her that night. The girl also tells Kirsten that when he teaches her guitar, he has her calling him master.
0: I don't know what the word tar means.
1: When he, The girl also tells Kirsten that when he gives her guitar lessons... <laughs> I thought it was a sexual thing. When well, he teaches her the tar.
0: I just felt so innocent. I was like, is tar? Is that what the kids are doing these days? <laughs> okay, good tar. Okay, so, so sorry.
1: Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> she wants him to call her master, basically. Which is obviously the last nail in that coffin needed to stay fully shut. Kristen now is certain that this has to be him. And she tells this to her colleague, who seems oddly unshocked. And to Kristen's surprise, when she asks if maybe this friend can go to the police for her, she says yes, which kind of gives me a feeling that she might have already felt that something was kind of off with her boyfriend. Yeah. Because she's so immediately like, fuck yeah, I'll go to the cops for you. Yeah. And now it all comes crashing down. Kristen receives a phone call from the police department saying that they've apprehended a man by the name of Ernie Carletti. Ernie.
0: His name is Ernie.
1: I know. I know. I felt the same thing.
0: Isn't that a Sesame Street character? Bernie and
1: Ernie. Ernie. I don't. And his fingerprints are matched to that found on the duct tape. (sighs) Ernie is 33 years old, and at the time, he's the guitarist of power metal band Iced Earth. Have you ever heard of them? No. I definitely have. Uh, You
0: have?
1: Yeah. But What is
0: happening?
1: (laughs) Where are we? Um, Eyes to Earth is this, it's a power metal band. Like they, (laughs) you need to check them out. I need to
0: see this motherfucker's face.
1: (laughs) um, But just look for Ernie Carletti because he was only active in the band in 2006, which is the year that he's apprehended. So according to the band members, he's actually never like, been on a record he was just like a part of the band um which is a fucking blessing because they're actually really good
0: i mean he he wasn't ugly when he was young
1: i mean he looks like a metal dude
0: yeah i mean he he i mean now he's he's i can't talk
1: yeah so when he's prosecuted several other women come forward with stories just like kirsten's But Kirsten is the only one of them who was a complete stranger to Carletti. All the other ones were people who knew him. Ah. Ernie Carletti was sentenced to 33 years in prison. During trial, he confesses to abducting Kirsten, taking her to his home, hog-tying her, hanging her up by the chains, but not to raping her. He expresses no remorse and doesn't share as much as an apology with his victim. Actually, what he says is, quote, maybe I wasn't thinking clearly and it was just a part of the effect. I didn't say she I I didn't say she wanted it, but she did not deny it. He also says that as he was driving off, he asked Kirsten, mind if I handcuff you? During the trial, he said, I'm not saying it was courtship, but it is something we discussed. Do you hate him even more? So basically, he's claiming that this whole thing was like surprise consensual bondage play. When asked about the tape over the eyes, he stuck to it being for effect. I just,
0: okay. He was, after all this, saying sorry and apologizing.
1: Oh, but he obviously denies that. Oh, uh-huh, okay. Aww. I mean, according to him, nothing so ever happened. Him. Yeah, But prosecutor Donald R. Roberts said that the pressure was so intense, the victim's eye vessel burst and she nearly passed out, which probably also has to do with the choking and inab- inability to sustain herself with oxygen that she has described.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Now, this piece I'm about to read here is verbatim from an article on Blabbermouth, because it's basically the court transcripts. hmm Carletti said he then escorted the woman into his house and sat her on the couch, where there was a little bit of talking, a little bit of caressing, a little bit of kissing. Roberts, the prosecutor, asked if she kissed him back, to which Carletti said he only kissed her on the cheek. After admiring her in that position, Carletti said he gagged her mouth, placed her on a table and hogtied her, but he said he did not hoist her off the ground as she has testified he said that he released her from this position after three to four minutes because she signified that she was uncomfortable. When asked if he thought being hogtied was painful, Carletti said that he had previously been in that position and disagreed that it hurt. No, actually, it's not painful, he said. And quote, Did they then hogtie him
0: in front of the entire jury? They did,
1: they did, and everyone laughed.
0: Yes, that is exactly what happened.
1: <laughs> he also never... He was also never convicted on the weapons charges. And I can tell by the way that Kirsten tells the story on I Survived that he probably never actually had a gun, but something that he used to make her think that it was a gun. Um, And she couldn't see her throughout the whole ordeal. So it's very possible that it was something else. But the terror effect is obviously the same. So Kirsten now works with the organization Jane Doe No More. An organization that, according to the website, Jane Doe No More is empowering survivors of sexual crimes to find their voice, advance their healing, and educate others. And that is all I have. Because like I said, the majority of all the material found in terms of articles Mm -hmm. is focused on him being him. Um, But then there is that episode of I Survive, and she was also on another show called... I can't remember what it was called, Horror House or something like that, which is also basically victims telling their stories. Um, and I chose to go off of a lot of that because, again, this is this is her story to tell, and I yeah, and I believe in her version.
0: Yeah, she doesn't have anything to lose with telling the the facts. He does here
1: exactly, and also you know. Everything that happens in a courtroom and what is confirmed by a jury, we can never forget that that isn't necessarily the truth. Mm -hmm. Just like there are lots of people who have gone free from crimes that they've committed. Doesn't matter that they've, you know, just because a jury can't convict them doesn't mean that they're not still guilty. Doesn't make them automatically innocent.
0: How many years did you say you got?
1: 33. But I also heard that there was another I didn't understand if this was one of the other people who came out and testified against him or if this was someone after the fact who came out but they had an experience with him from high school that was also the same thing you know binding yeah torturing raping um and the I think it was the prosecutor but it could have also been the judge who said that he won't he won't be getting out of prison until he's at least, almost 70, you know, 69, yeah. maybe.
0: I See, that's what you're supposed to get for doing that. You're yeah. supposed to get all those years.
1: Yeah, get out when you're not able to do anything remotely similar, please. Yeah. yeah.
0: Fine. Mm, yeah.
1: But man, it's so, it's so fucking insane to listen to her tell this story you know because she survived if you think about it there's so there's such few people who can tell a story like that because they so often end in a murder well we don't know we don't know but but the people who choose to talk about it yeah it's very it's very likely that a lot of people don't want to so it's rare to hear someone testify about something so gruesome, so horrific. And she knows several times th- during those hours, she knew that she was going to die. She yeah, was so is, certain.
0: I mean, you could see it from the perspective that many of the women and men also who have died, this is their story. Yeah. But their story ended with them dying and we never got to hear what happened in from their them. last moments. And yeah this story could have easily ended with her suffocating. Exactly,
1: instance. yeah.
0: And it's us you know, never hearing what happened or what she endured.
1: There's such few Mary Vincents out there, you oh, know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Who, because there, there actually was an attempted murder. Here, he just... He
0: practically... Yeah, he was... That story is still one of the top most insane yeah. survival stories there are. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't a light one, but it is a blessing that she survived and she managed to work through it and, and she's
0: doing good things now as yeah, well.
1: Yeah. And supporting other victims.
0: Yeah. And you told it very well. Thank you. You saw my eyes bulging. I was very excited. You were so into I it. I was into the story. <laughs> and I was mad. That is such a victory t- for me. You took the did me did me to roller coaster.
1: Did, did you like that I said don't get your hopes up? knowing that he does get convicted
0: yeah that was really mean (laughs) because you said it with like a smile like what does she is she what what does she mean what does she
1: mean (laughs) not at all listening to the story just like (laughs) trying to figure out my motive
0: yeah all right you told it really well thank you yeah um i am
1: so hungry right now
0: me too okay so we've been discussing this that maybe we should And on some sort of happy thought, happy note, happy something. Yeah. But we wanted to make it our own somehow. So,
1: hi. Hi. (laughs) Yeah, it's difficult because um, we don't want to make any kind of resolutions. And it also feels weird to say this is what I'm looking forward to or this is something good that happened to me this week. Yeah. Because literally all we do... (laughs) Is sit in our houses, drawing, penning dogs, and playing Tropico Six, which is a video game that I have found. Cool. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, it's been taking up most of my time the past week. <laughs> so it it <laughs> feels. It, I think it. I think it feels worse to say you know what's been good about this week because it it forces you to look back on all the shit you didn't do.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the thing is that all the things I want to do, I mean, I, I love work, but I'm only, I'm only working. Yeah. Yeah. And, or studying. Exactly. So my weeks are exactly the same.
1: Well, my, <laughs> my suggestion was that we do some kind of self-care pledge. Um, and
0: I know myself well enough to know that I'm not going to do that. <laughs>
1: Um, And it would just be nice to kind of have a reason to force yourself to do something good for you. And that can be as small as taking five deep breaths at one point during this week. Or as big as going to a fucking meditation retreat, if that's what you're into. Um, (laughs) As we do. (laughs) We just want to encourage people to take care of themselves. And we think self-care is a really important thing, especially if you delve into these kinds of really dark sinister things um it's good to kind of treat yourself
0: yeah yeah i mean i only i eat chocolate when i shouldn't and then i
1: hate myself after who tells you you shouldn't i will i will kill them it's my it's the it's me (laughs) then maybe your goal this week should be to not hate on yourself you don't know how much chocolate i eat i bet you that it's not enough
0: (laughs) wait look at this that's beautiful. <laughs> I shit <shed> my belly. <laughs> no, but, yeah, small things. I think, because um, I know that I'm really good at, I think you as you're, you, you, are as well, really good at beating yourself up. Yes. Uh, and just, just you know, always feeling like a fucking failure. And, yeah, that is
1: a uh, common occurrence in my life.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, you know, I always feel like a failure and that I'm not doing enough. And then I sort of get the Linnea... Uh, well from friends and family take a pause and go through what you're doing you have your own company yeah and you're making enough money on your own that you don't need like another job yeah you're studying and you're taking things into your own like matters into your own own hands
1: we started this podcast.
0: podcast you have a loving boyfriend and you're moving in with him You have good friends. And it's like, then why am I so upset with, why am I so disappointed in who I am? How bad
1: can you be if you're surrounded by that much good shit? Yeah,
0: so it's like, why do you have those thoughts? And I don't know. Then maybe you're, you're... (laughs) That's, uh, I guess that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start looking, stop complaining, Linnea. Look at all the good things in your life.
1: I say, if I get to choose for you, every time you catch yourself having one of those mean thoughts about yourself... The ones that beat you up and whatever. It's one thing to like push yourself to do, you know, the best you can and whatever. And I know that you do that very well. But when it comes to just being plain an asshole to yourself by punishing yourself for like having fucking chocolate or whatever, just take a moment, take a deep breath and do a Kegel.
0: Do a Kegel. Just strengthen the muscles.
1: Exactly. Mm. That's good for you. Yeah, I do that sometimes. Exactly. You know, keep it keep it real. And I guess I'm uh, I'm going to journal some more because I've had some really interesting revelations in my meditations recently. And I feel like I'm losing track of them cuz sometimes I have dreams that I feel have meanings and that I should kind of write down the little puzzle pieces that I get from things and maybe they will fit in a way that gives me guidance. But they like, won't fit girl,
0: girl, you're gonna make them fit if I know you. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna put that you're gonna fill the spaces that like exist with the glue and you're like, they fit <laughs>
1: i'm actually a lot more skeptical than you think i am it's just are you really yeah (laughs) but um but yeah i want to start journaling a little bit more just to kind of get
0: it's just good for you in every single way yeah Yeah.
1: to kind of trace things and you know i don't know i like it i just never take the time to do it because it feels useless
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love the face you you made in that moment useless (laughs) Okay, well that sounds like a good one though, because it's literally nothing you can lose from doing that. Exactly. You can only get, like, you can only feel better about it. Okay, we really, it's almost two hours. Yeah.
1: No, we we're gonna hang up. Yeah. <laughs> but we really encourage you guys to, um, to do the same thing if you want to, if you feel like it.
0: But there's no shame in not doing it. Because Absolutely not. I'm probably not gonna do it.
1: If you, <laughs> but we really, really re- encourage it, and if you want, you can hashtag it with um which we have for a hashtag
0: i didn't know we were supposed to have a hashtag
1: i think it would be cute because then people can partake and like show off their self-care routines or self-care moments getting soapy
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think we can uh, let that one bake a little
1: okay yeah but uh when we got it we will tag our own pictures if we upload any of our own pictures with I'm that been, hashtag. I'm sort of liking soapy right now. Soapy. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, lather bubble bubble. Linnea's
1: going to upload a picture of herself doing a really, really good Kegel. And, and then, and then you that
0: And hashtagging that with soapy
1: <laughs> while I'm doing my Kegel. <laughs> with kind well, of a distance <laughs> glance. <laughs> Not really looking at the camera.
0: <laughs> there is some shame, though, but at least there's like a sunrise in the background. I exactly. think everything is soapy and fine. Yeah okay well then people thank you for this week it's been an interesting one long one fun one yeah. weird one exciting one a doggy one
1: definitely doggy one a soapy one <laughs>
0: <Sounds> so kinky <laughs> that's the point well okay well we hope you guys have a good one and uh keep that skeptical
1: eye wide open i would never ever forget to believe in the magic <laughs> thank you guys have a